York City. Countless movies and TV shows have been shot here. And in all those movies, everyone's young and attractive. No one has a real job, but they all live in fabulous, giant apartments on Park Avenue. They're wearing Manolos and drinking Manhattans, and no one ever takes the subway because they're always in a taxi. That is not New York, okay? New York is loud, it's expensive, it's dirty. New York is a crowded subway that never shows up on time. New York is a metro car that won't swipe properly, and a rat dragging a dirty slice of pizza down an even dirtier flight of stairs. That's New York. And with 13 million people here every day, everyone's got a different story. So tune in here every Thursday from 7 to 8 to hear me, Marie Faustin, share some of my stories and chat it up with some of my favorite storytellers from right here in the melting pot. Careful, it's hot. Every week we'll be serving up stories that'll have you laughing or crying or immediately booking a flight to the city that never sleeps. Don't worry, we'll leave the light on for you. Happy Thursday, everybody. It's Marie Faustin. You're listening to Tall Tales in the Big City. I hope everybody had a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, I uh, am excited to be here. We got two really great storytellers for you. And I'm always excited when when people who haven't been here before get here because I'm always surprised to see who curses first. And, uh, you know, Reggie and I will start hedging bets. Uh, um, today was an awesome day for me. I had an interesting week last week after I left the station. I had an audition for um, a voiceover commercial and I get, it was for Campbell's Soup, uh, which the show is not sponsored by. And so I show up and when I get there, everyone's like tall and skinny and looks like a model and has incredible hair. And I was like, well, let me take my ponytail down. And uh, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm in the right place. And they're like, no, this is a Pantene Pro-V commercial you're here for the soup. And I was like, okay, well, okay. And so I went in and read for this soup commercial that I don't think I got. And my friend who uh, is an event editor for Time Out Magazine was like, he, he always gets invited to really, really cool events, like interesting events. So he was like, hey, Marie, I want to invite you to be my plus one to this event tomorrow. And I was like, okay, uh-huh, what is it? He was like, it's a dinner that might be a sex party. And I was like, oh, there's a story there. And uh, he was like, you got to wear all black. And I was like, great. I, I don't know why I took it upon myself to wear like a like a bridesmaid style gown. And that's what I wore. And so I get there and, you know, people are wearing like straps and belts and sheer blouses. And I'm like, okay, well, I got too much clothes on. But I'm here for the food, right? And And the potential story. And so I... The, f- the food that we were supposed to be eating was all uh, weed infused or CBD infused. So the chef, and I'm saying that word real loosely, the chef uh, was like, uh, every course is going to get more and more, is going to get stronger and stronger in terms of the dosage. So I was like, all right, great, let's eat. And um, it was just hors d'oeuvres. I was hungry the entire night. Like, the whole night I was hungry and I did not feel any type of euphoria or anything. And then the people that were there were like acting pretty normal. I feel like I was just at somebody's house party on a set on a Friday night. And 
my friend is like, uh, do you want to go down and see the dungeon? I'm like, yes, let's go see the dungeon. I go down there. It's a basement um, with some air beds. I'm like, this, y'all are gross. <laughs> this is disgusting. And I'm still hungry. So I stayed for as long as I could, but I was too hungry and nothing was happening. I was like, do I need, to, did I get here too early? Like, do I need to loop back around after dinner? Like, should I come back around one? I don't know what ended up happening, but I left. And I'm a little bit disappointed that this is the story that I have for you guys this week. Nothing crazy happened. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, there'll be more events along the way, I promise. So what we're going to do is to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll have some tall tales in the big city for you right here on 99.5 FM. We're back with more Tall Tales of the Big City. I am Marie Faustin. You're listening to WBAI. Uh, my first storyteller today, I'm really excited for you guys. to. I'm, I'm excited to hear the story as well because I've never seen her perform. But I feel like it's going to be really good. She's a storyteller and a mother of three beautiful girls. It's Gabby Shea, y'all. Hey, Gabby. Hi, Marie. How are you? Gabby, I'm doing fantastic. Um, so you have three daughters. I have three daughters. What is that like? Crazy. Yeah. What are their ages? They are 10, 8, and 3. Oh, yeah. They're like yeah, they're like children. They really are. The two big ones, uh, they have their moments. They mm-hmm. get along well, but they bump heads. Uh, and the little one, she's, she's fierce. She's a beast. Yeah, I feel like the baby has to be strong. She does. She's got to fend for herself. Yeah, I'm the middle child, so oh, okay. I just feel like I feel for middle kids. Also, I feel like we're in a good place as the middle child. You know, where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn, Brooklyn girl through and through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where in Brooklyn? Uh, I grew up in Crown Heights and now I live in East Flatbush. I'm in that two fair zone. 
<laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> so what is your favorite thing about living in Brooklyn then versus, I guess, living in Brooklyn now? Do you um, have? Uh, back in the day, my favorite thing was the fire hydrants. When it was nice and hot in the summer, someone, I have no idea who, would pop that thing open and we would have what we called a little kind of sort of pool party mm-hmm. in the fire hydrants. Love that. Now, I would say the food. I'm a huge fan of the food in Brooklyn. Yeah. There's a huge variety and it's all good. Do you have a favorite place to eat in Brooklyn? Um, or like a favorite type of food? I am Haitian. Oh, sis, me too. All right. Oh, well then, Ambien. And I um, love Haitian patties. So I used to have a spot on Nostrand Avenue. Yeah. They closed down, so I had to find another one. Yeah. But there are a few little, you know, cute Haitian patty restaurants that I get my stuff from. Do you make Haitian patties? Absolutely not. Yeah. It's like a thing that you just got to know how to do yeah. from when you're like a kid. If you don't know after a certain age, you're just never going to know. Nope. 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 So I buy them. <laughs> I'm around the corner from a Haitian patty place. Ah, I feel like I'm going to go check it out after the show. Um, okay. So what do you do? Who Who are you here in New York? Um, I am a marketing manager. Mm-hmm. I work at HBO. Oh, um, excuse I've, me. Uh, hey. You know, I, it, it's, a, it's a fun place. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it. I will hang out for as long as they'll have me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I love doing it. Okay. I'm here for that. HBO is uh, Big Little Lies. Yeah, Big Little Lies, Insecure. Insecure. The Wire from way back in the day. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay, see, I know it's for some big ones. I'm like, well, what else is on HBO? <laughs> oh, we big got Little Lies? <laughs> we got a lot. Uh, well, what is your... Well, before I ask you what your tall tale in the big city is, what do you have uh, a word of advice for anybody who's thinking about moving to Brooklyn or somebody who's thinking about coming to New York? Is there something that you would tell them that you feel like people do wrong here? Hmm. And literally there's no wrong answer. Yeah, I mean, don't be afraid. You know, people always say New York is the concrete jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's rough and tough, but, you know, I think almost anybody can handle it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Come here and thrive. Come here and thrive. Or be poor just like the rest of us. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Gabby, what's your tall tale in the big city today? What are we talking about? All right. We are talking about the uh, New York City blackout of 2003. Mm, Yes. Um, It was August 14th, 2003. Mm -hmm. And it started out as just a regular, ordinary summer day. I... Left the house on time, stopped to the, at the bank to get some cash, mm-hmm. um, you know, got some breakfast and then headed into the office. Right. So I spent most of the day um, just doing regular work stuff. Right. And um, I started winding down about four o'clock. Right. So I said, you know what? Let me charge my Nextel phone. Oh, my God. So, yeah, a Nextel phone yeah, with yeah. the chirp. The with brick. the chirp. <laughs> And and I will say that that walkie-talkie was one of the only things that was kind of sort of working throughout that day. So it, really? it, it saved me a little bit. Okay. Um. So after I, I plugged my phone in, everything went dead. My computer stopped working. Phone stopped charging. Television wouldn't work. And my first thought was, oh, good Lord, man. I, 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 I just started this job. I can't believe I blew a fuse. <laughs> You it know, was a new job? It's not the job that you're at now. It was a new job. It was the same, uh, same place, but oh. I just started the year before. Wow. And I was planning a wedding. I just got engaged, and I just thought, I can't get fired today. 
Today's not the day that not I Not the day. No. So um, I was in full-on panic mode, and I somehow managed to calmly make it to my uh, girlfriend's uh, office. And as soon as I get there, she's like, Gabby, close the door. Get in here. I think I blew a fuse. <laughs> I plugged in my phone, and everything went out. And I said, oh, thank God, because I thought it was me. Yeah. So now we're in this together. Right. So we stood there for a little bit trying to figure out, like, what the heck are we going to do? Right. We hear, heard some chatter in the hallway. So we said, you know what? Let's go out there, play it off. Like, we don't know what's happening. Who did it? And everybody's talking about the fact that there's no electricity. Yeah. And we're chiming in like, mm, yeah, me too. Crazy. Then um, a few moments after that, an announcement came over the loudspeaker. And it was our security team. Hello, everyone. We just want to let you know there is a blackout in New York City. Um, there's no electricity in this building. Trains are not working. Street lights aren't working. We suggest that you all head home. Good luck and be safe. Where was your job? Midtown. I'm on 42nd and 6th Avenue. Oh, you're near the park. Yes. Yeah. And I live in Flatbush. And the trains weren't working. Trains were not working. <laughs> so before I left, my um, boss said to me, hey, you know, aren't you going to take your emergency backpack? So after 9-11, the company had issued emergency backpacks to everyone. And it had the basics. Okay. You know, water, astronaut food. Okay. Flashlight. Um, but I knew better. And I said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to somehow in my warped sense of reality, I thought that I was getting back to Brooklyn in like 45 minutes. Because you thought you were jumping on the train? I, I don't know. I really don't know what I thought. I wasn't thinking. What did the backpack look like? Was it a big bag? Was it a cute bag? Just it was like, you know, a regular old backpack, but it was like neon green. Yeah, that didn't really um, pair well with your suit. Not at all. Okay. So I said, nope, I'm good. I didn't want to carry the extra baggage. So I headed out to Brooklyn yeah. with um, out my backpack. Okay. So I get to the street and I'm like, dang, it's a million people out here. Because like, everybody left at the same everybody time. Everybody left at the same time. So, um, you know, we start heading downtown and it was so crazy that when we got to the Brooklyn Bridge and started walking across it, it actually started swaying. Oh, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> it started swaying and I'm not a fan of heights. Nope. So um, I was kind of freaking out. Yeah. But I knew I just needed to chill so I could make it to the other side. How long did it take you to get from the 46 to? Uh, I mean, with the, the amount of people walking, it was just jam-packed. Yeah. I'm going to say it had to take a couple of hours. That's it took me a long time to get home. That's crazy. Okay, so you get to the bridge. So I get to the Brooklyn side of the bridge. I made it. Um, but I was hot, tired. Funky, needed that hungry, water. thirsty, everything. Yeah, I needed the astronaut food. Yeah, you did. Um, I even thought at one point, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna find a corner and just like wait it out. But when I had taken money out of that, when I taken the money out of the uh, bank that morning, I took out three thousand dollars cash because why, right, Gabby? Right, right. I took out three thousand dollars cash because I had to make a deposit on the wedding venue. Oh. But also, I thought I would hop on the train and I would get home in no time. Yeah. Oh, Gabby. Oh, the stakes just went up on the story. This is like a quiet place. So I'm like, no, you got to keep moving because you will get robbed. Yeah. Um, I felt that every person in New York City could smell the cash on me. Oh, yeah. They, you were walking like you had $3,000. Exactly. You know, I was hot and stanky, but I was walking like I had $3,000. Mm -hmm. um, so I kept going. My first stop was uh, the Christian Cultural Center on Flatbush Avenue. Okay. 
Um, and they were one of the only places that actually kept their doors open because when vendors had heard that there was a blackout, they all pulled down the gates because they were afraid of looters. Yeah. So the Christian Cultural Center was a saving grace. They were giving out water. They were giving out snacks. They let us chill and relax for as long as we needed to. Right. But it started to get dark. And I was like, you know what? You got to get home. Next stop was Grand Army Plaza. And You're still barely I'm still, I'm, even I'm, in Flatbush. I haven't even made a dent <laughs> in this drink. So next stop is Grand Army and hallelujah, dollar vans are out there. Oh, yeah. They are giving people rides from Grand Army to the junction. Okay. Nice, right? Yeah. But they're charging $5 for what is normally a dollar a ride. A dollar ride. Oh, wow. But I was hot, tired, funky, mm-hmm. and thirsty hungry. and hungry. So I said, you know what? Here's my five. Take me to where I need to go. Mm-hmm. So I get to Flatbush Junction, and now I'm at a crossroads because I'm like, do I go to my East Flatbush neighborhood? Do I go home? Um, Not knowing if my brother or my father are home because I hadn't heard from them all day. Or do I go in the opposite direction into my then-fiancé's Marine Park neighborhood? Okay. So I decided, you know what? My mother-in-law was not leaving the house in this heat so I knew she would absolutely be home. So I said, you know what? Let me go to Marine Park. So I turn right okay. and I head to Marine Park. Right. And I am dragging. Um, I'm tired. What shoes are you wearing? Uh, see, that's the thing. So it was hot that day. Okay. So you had on like a flat sandal? I had on a very flat sandal. It was cute. Yes. But it was flat and it had no support. It wasn't walking 12 miles. Absolutely not. And you know, I had sneakers in my backpack. That you did not take. That I did not take. Ah. So I start walking down the block and it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything in front of me. But somehow I managed to notice an old beat up white Honda Accord whizzing past me. It took me a moment before I realized, holy crap, that's my old beat up white Honda Accord driving past me. (laughs) And that's probably my fiance in the driver's seat. So... I took everything <laughs> that I had in me uh-huh. and I just yelled, Frank, at the top of my lungs and praying and hoping that he would stop the car. <laughs> and I really couldn't see that well, but his I lights noticed, weren't on or your they, lights weren't on. The, the lights were on. And I think that's what allowed me to see the car. But it was like it was so dark. No street lights on. It was dark. So I, I, I started to notice, wait, the car is slowing down. And it's come to a stop. So I start limping and dragging as fast as I possibly can. But I keep yelling, Frank, 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 Frank. Because I just wanted to hear, I wanted him to hear that somebody was coming. Okay, sidebar. Yeah. So just right here. This reminds me of the scene in Titanic when <laughs> she's on the door half dead. <laughs> and the the boats are going back to see if there's any survivors. And she's like, come back. Yep, and they can't me. hear her. And she just like starts blowing on a whistle. Anyway, that go ahead. Me, me, you're Kate me. Winslet. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I finally make it to my, you know, Leo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. I finally make it to my Leo and um, lo and behold, it is Frank and his brother. And thank goodness, because if it wasn't, I would probably be like in a ditch somewhere. Like I thought that that was going to be the twist. (laughs) And whoever it was would have been $3,000 richer. Yeah. Yeah. So I fling that car door open and I throw myself into the car. I am crying. (laughs) My body is just throbbing. My feet are killing me. And I'm like, just go. 
So um, he drives the rest of the way home. And um, eventually, I drag myself out of that car and spend the next three days sleeping on my now brother-in-law's couch, um, recovering from that very, very long journey while I ate beans from a can. From a can? From a can, because nothing worked. (laughs) You guys didn't have no bread? Like, you you couldn't make any sandwiches? Beans sandwiches. (laughs) what time was it when you got home it was late it was late um i'm gonna say it had i left at like 4 30 and i probably got home at like 9 10 o'clock and it was dark that is and i'm not light so nobody could see me it's it's brooklyn in 2003 it was pretty dark i I, nobody could see me I was in, I was a kid when that happened. I was on Long Island. Thank you, when the thank you for that, saying that you were a kid. I was a child. <laughs> I, uh, I just started a, my first job at the YMCA as a camp counselor mm-hmm. to the three and four year olds. And I had just gotten my first paycheck. And I was like, look how rich I am. And it was probably like, I don't know, 200 bucks. And we were in the car with my dad. And the light, we, I was like, this red light is long as hell. And my dad's like, the light's not working. And... And then we realized it wasn't working anywhere. And uh, we drove home just real slow, just in like the station wagon. But I just, how long did the blackout last for? Um, I it think was a it couple might have been like two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Friday off. Which <laughs> Even if we didn't, I wasn't going to work on Friday. How um, are you going to get to work walk? without no. the tr- <laughs> Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. Come on. No one's um, watching HBO. No one's watching anything. <laughs> right. Um, and then we had the weekend. And then what caused the blackout? Do we know what it was? I don't know. It was a grid or a grid went out. Or it's, I, don't, I wasn't paying attention. I was just like, turn the lights back on. Like turn a, the AC a, back on. It was a diehard villain. Yeah. Or <laughs> That's so crazy. It was crazy. I can't believe you walked that far. I just. So the moral of the story is always take your emergency backpack. Always take your emergency backpack. Also, I can't believe you left your shoes. Because <laughs> I was going to get home in 45 minutes. <laughs> I think it was gonna take that long. I'm gonna. I want you to put your address in the Google Maps on my phone. I want to see exactly how many miles that was. I will. Where can people who are listening catch more of you? So I have a blog mm-hmm. um, where I tell funny stories about um, life with my girls and mm-hmm. my very reserved husband, who um, you know I like to tickle to make laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Thursday's Blog, but it is spelled T H E R. S D A Y S Thursdays with an E. Um, you can catch me on Instagram at Thursdays blog. Mm-hmm. You can catch me on Facebook at Thursdays. Um, but yeah, check me out. I'm a lot of fun. If you could do, if the blackout happened in 2018, what would you, what would be different? Like what would, how would it be different for you? I, I would have had a contingency plan. I would have found um, a friend that had a very nice Manhattan apartment yeah like right up the block from the job yeah and I would have said I'm gonna stay here until you know the lights come back on so smart (laughs) also like we would have had like our cell phone well maybe our cell phones would not have worked yeah maybe not because the towers were all down right the cell phone towers cell phone towers were down yeah Okay, yes, yeah. those towers. Yeah, the cell phone tower. But Netflix, uh, Netflix, oh, shoot. Um, Nextel actually did work a little bit, like the uh, walkie The walkie talkies. part. But did your fiance have a walkie? He did. So we both had Nextel phones. We both had the walkie. So I was able to communicate with him, like, here and there. Yeah. Um, not when I rolled up on the car, though. Those Nextel phones were huge, though. They were like little bricks. They were. 
I mean, they all were a little, little but I thought I was cool with the chirpy chirpy. Where you at? I thought I was cool. Uh, well, again, tell people where they can find you again. The name of the blog? Thursday's blog, T-H-E-R-S-D-A-Y. <sighs> I'm so glad that you survived the blackout. Thank you. Me too. We're, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll have another story for you for Tall Tales in the Big City. We're back with more tall tales in the big city talking about the blackout. Reggie, do you remember where you were when the blackout happened 15 years ago? Uh, yeah, actually I do remember it was, um, I was, uh, working with a production company at that time in, um, pier 94 was setting up for, uh, pier 94. Uh, yeah. Pier 94 over. It's near uh, 55th street and uh, West side highway. Yeah. 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 So it was setting up for, um, a trade show uh-huh. and, um, and you had to walk home from there. Oh no, I, I actually ended up, I ended I, I actually ended up going to dub. Uh, I ended up staying the night at WBAI. Wow. Oh yeah. Because it was closer because at that time I was living in uh, Parkchester at that time. In Queen, uh, in, uh, oh. in the Bronx. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not walking you to the Bronx like that, in the yeah. dark. Yeah, so. yeah, I'd rather walk south than walk. And that north. was at the time when WBAI was still in Wall Street, so mm-hmm. it was a lot closer. Yeah. So I just walked that way. Maybe and, if you had like light up sneakers. I don't even but, know if I could but, do that. Um, light up sneakers. Yeah, just like she was saying, is that I thought I was responsible for everyone. Everyone thought that they yeah, caused the blackout because I was <laughs> because I got lazy by pulling cables. And I kind of like yanked out the um, cable to, and and once I yanked it out, that's when the lights all went out. <laughs> you ain't tell nobody. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, you know, and that was the thing. And so that was I was breaking every rule. You know, I I was listening to the radio on the top of a ladder. That's an OSHA violation. You couldn't oh, do that. Yes. 
Like yeah, because system. safety issue, safety oh. issue, and you could, and you know, and yanking cables out where you supposed to be. Reggie, I feel perfect. like you might have caused the blackout. No, no, no it wasn't. It, like was, it, was, it was, it was a grid. It was a grid issue. <laughs> yeah, it was a grid yeah, nah, issue. You, you, you ain't blaming broke. me for that. Damn, Reggie. Me. And that's 15 yeah. years later, we solved the mystery yeah. of the blackout. <laughs> it was Reggie right here at WBAI. He was on Pier 94, though, when it happened. So that. Uh, our next storyteller today uh, is a comedian and a storyteller who is doing uh, his solo show at Edinburgh in August. It's Anders Lee. Hey, Anders. Hey, Anders Lee here. Happy to be with you. Do you remember where you where where are you from? Well, that's interesting. So I was actually moving cross country during the blackout. I remember I was we were moving from Virginia to Minnesota. I remember seeing it on the news. Oh, yeah. Virginia to well, when I think cross country, I don't think Virginia to Minnesota. Yeah, I guess cross half country. <laughs> you like a go, point you were five going country. a weird way. Yeah. Um, and did the blackout affect you at all when you were in the car? Mm, not not in any way whatsoever. Don't, don't rub it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, maybe maybe there was like a radio show that we couldn't listen to oh. from New York. So sorry for maybe the boss. tales in the big city. Yeah, yeah. Out, you know, circa 2003, we missed out on because of that. Did oh, so sorry for you. So you're from Virginia? Yeah. Well, I see. I usually say I'm from Minnesota in because you know in New York, if you take too long to explain anything, people just lose interest. So I usually just say <laughs> Minnesota. That's the easiest thing. But I did live in Virginia until I was 12, then moved to. Minnesota. How long did you live in Minnesota for? Till from twelve to twenty-one. So my adolescence. Yeah, I feel like you're saying Minnesota. Makes yeah, sense that's, yeah, that's what I usually go with. What is uh, something about Minnesota that you feel like we don't know? Because I don't know anything about Minnesota. So literally anything you say is going to be right. Okay, so I could get all right. I could get away with a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, we're all amazing people, mm. and uh, it's actually it's a very diverse place, which people. Uh, don't assume, and there's a lot of been a lot of immigration there over the past couple decades from Southeast Asia, different parts of Africa, mm. and uh, there's a, a big music scene, big hip hop scene, uh, a lot of indie rock. Yeah, yeah, Gabby, do you know any Minnesota rappers? Um, or? Only Minnesota I know is Rose Nyland from the Golden Girls, right? I don't even know who that is. She had a she had a her rap career did not last as long as she had helped, but didn't take off. Yeah. Betty, I never watched the Golden Girls, but Betty White is, I guess, that's, is she from Minnesota? No. She's not from, but the Golden her Girls took place there, yeah. Oh, that's her where it was said. Yeah. Oh, I don't know nothing about that. Uh, so, Anders, what made you move to New York? I moved to finish college. Uh, I was in community college in, at, in Minneapolis for two years, and then I uh, decided to go to the new school here, which I um, had wanted to go to as a teenager, but I didn't have the grades. I didn't assume I would get in. Uh, new York kind of intimidated me. Yeah. So I gave it a couple years working and going to community college, and I made the big big jump back in 2012. And yeah. was it everything that you thought it was going to be? Was it scary and fantastic? It was, yeah. I mean, it was the first, I, I don't think most people enjoy their first few months here because you're getting to know people well i pro you probably did because you were you know being this was your cared for and uh <laughs> fed i know um, i'm like i've never went through that fit, but it's because <laughs> we're from here yeah and we know people here exactly so i think that's the thing that we don't ever experience because it is it's a giant city mm -hmm. and it's loud and it's dirty and there are people who most of the people who are here i want to say most of the people who are here are not from here 
is what I want to say. Yeah. But a lot of the people that you interact with on a daily basis are from all over the world. Right. So everyone's new. I mean, mm-hmm. not us, but yeah. y'all. And we're not yeah. all trusting, so it takes <laughs> right. a little bit for us to let you in. Yeah. That's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you have like any advice for somebody who's thinking about moving to to New York? Like what would you tell them? Um, be open, be ready for anything. Uh, and you know, I, I was somebody who got a lot, got anxious very easily and I still have some anxiety issues, but I think kind of biting the bullet and having to go through things like not knowing where you're going to live tomorrow is like something that helps you put things in perspective and, and grow as a person so it, if i'm moving somewhere yeah. new i need to know where i'm gonna live <laughs> I, I can't you just. should you should do your best to figure that out but also be uh cognizant of the possibility that it might not work out in a good good way or a way that you did can you, afford did you move to new york by yourself yes yeah oh, i was in brave. i was still in college so that's was, brave yeah. yeah um and where do you live what, what neighborhood what bro i'm in brooklyn in uh Bushwick Bedsty area. Mm-hmm. 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 You like Bushwick? I do, which I know we're not supposed to say, uh, I but like I it. I really <laughs> like it there. It's a lot of because it's a lot of different kinds of people and yeah. all kinds of weirdos and yeah. I just I don't like the trains that go to Bushwick. I hate the J. That's I mean I take my I bike everywhere so um, in the snow. Yeah, I'm in Minnesota. You know, got used to. Mm, yeah, <sighs> yeah. No, that's not my truth. Uh, Anders, what are we talking about today? What is your tall tale in the big city? Uh, so I, um, backing up a little bit, I am working on this solo show, as you mentioned, yes. called Dummy. And it's about, uh, when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with being on the autism spectrum. Okay. And this is something I hated talking about, something I kept as kind of a secret for most of my life. Well, for, people talk about the spectrum. Yeah. How broad is the spectrum that, like, some people are, like, a little bit and some people are a lot of it? Like, what is... I think everyone is on the spectrum. Okay. By definition. Okay. And I actually don't... This is kind of the the theme of the show is I don't really think it's... I think it's a construct. Okay. I think it's kind of a made-up thing that we've used to do some good things, but, but in many ways, like, kind of categorize people and oppress people and i don't think that um and from my experience there are a lot of things about having quote unquote autism that i have no uh relation to you know like i uh people that's that's why i don't didn't want to tell people for a very long time because they're expecting me to do their taxes for them and i am awful (laughs) at math uh i'm social cues is something that we're supposed to be bad with and i'm like i have the opposite problem like i i'm overwhelmed by well, social maybe cues. you're on like a different spectrum well what, what spectrum would that be i don't know you know it's it's all I, the, I mean my theory is that um we really haven't defined we've kind of defined what it means to be autistic but we haven't defined what it means to not be autistic because you take anybody you put them in a room you ask a bunch of questions ask them a bunch of questions about and you examine their neurology the way they interact with other people you're going to find something wrong with them you're going to find some way to medicalize people and that's something that i really came to um appreciate especially moving to new york where Mm -hmm. you have all kinds of weird people some of whom have been diagnosed with things some of whom haven't you know right i know people going back a long time who are not been diagnosed with anything who are uh 
would not know a social cue if it hit him over the head. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people who are not on the spectrum who are awful at yeah. socializing and having conversations with. You my, know, so my last roommate, pretty terrible at social cues. We would have conversations, and I would be talking to her, and I'd realize she hasn't asked me a single question. Yeah. Like, the only reason this is moving forward is because I'm asking her questions and following yeah. up. Yeah, and that drives me crazy. Like, that's, I can't, and this is why, uh, this, this is kind of a weird format for me because in my head, I'm trained, trained myself to be like, well, now I have to ask Marie a question because right. I'd be rude otherwise. Um, <laughs> you could be as rude as you want to be. This is <laughs> tall tales in the big city. <laughs> <laughs> so they tell you you're on the spectrum, or they tell you, how old were you when they tell I you was like five or six. That's such uh, a young age, I feel like, to diagnose somebody yeah. with not knowing social cues. Yeah, well, the, that wasn't really shy. the reason. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't the reason for my diagnosis. See, in, in 2013, they kind of broadened it again. Um, in the 90s, when I was a kid, it was you were either like me, just who were you or let me start with you were either had asperger's you were like a savant like kid who Mm -hmm. was very smart in one area Mm -hmm. or you were like me who was just very stupid at everything and that's why i got kind of and we uh were two different things in the 90s then 2013 uh we get mixed together as being on the autistic spectrum um so when i was a little kid i would like a lot of i had a lot of developmental issues learning Mm -hmm. to read and write and do math and um i remember once I was at a summer camp, and they're like, all right, everybody run in a circle, and I just ran the opposite way as everyone else, like <laughs> not realizing that we should run the same way because I, I took everything literally. Yeah. Uh, just a stupid child, you know, no, which is fine. your fault. They didn't specify. Right. Well, yeah, when maybe you they said should everybody run in a circle, I thought everyone was, in my mind, I envisioned you all running in your own little circles, not oh, big yeah. circles. See, everyone's uh, mind works in a different, yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, but everyone's going one way and you're just like, I'm going to just keep going this way (laughs) against the grain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what happens? Um, so I, I I mean, I've had this thing in the back of my head for most of my life and I, you know, up until recently have not wanted to talk about it because it's, it's embarrassing. I get associated with like, uh, some alt-right guy or something. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I am doing the show now because I'm needs straight white dude as a comedian. I need some way to differentiate myself, so I'm gonna have to cling to the the autism label a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we cutting out? We good? Oh, we're good. Okay. Um, but uh, because I got this diagnosis as a little kid, everything I do, I'm like, do I do this because of Anders or because of autism? Like, I don't know. You're saying because of Anders? You talk about yourself in the third person. I do, which may be a spectrum thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what, you know, like everything, you, like handwriting, I have bad handwriting. I don't know if that's developmental or, or what. I mean, that could just mean you're supposed to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and also like, just the I have a weird I had a weird obsession with the 1996 presidential election. What As, was the who was in the 96 presidential? Election? That was Clinton and Dole. Oh, Clinton's okay. re-election, which I like. That's not a normal thing for people to know about. So I would be like embarrassed about being interested in that. And it's like, is that because I'm autistic? I, I don't know. The, if I just liked history, that would be one thing. If yeah. I was into like World War II, that would be a normal neurotypical interest. Um, Why were you so fascinated by this election? Uh, because I, th- well, I, 
I got interested in it post 9-11, and I just wanted to see what the world was like just a few years earlier, because 9-11 just kind of mixed everything up, so I wanted to see what had kind of led up to the way people were thinking back then. Okay. Um, But there's one thing, and this gets to the the heart of the story, and uh, I'm looking over here at the board, making sure we're not getting too lewd. But... uh, (laughs) lascivious. Yeah. Um, I don't self uh gratify in this in the way that a man is typically expected to do you, okay, do you not do it at all or do you just do it in a different I way? i do it in a different way yeah i use i need a little more motion in in my so body you do while you're dancing i'm so confused <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to see if it's really good dancing go then, right yeah. okay but we're here <laughs> okay. sis are you ready gabby i'm, for the ride. I'm going for the ride. So you need more movement. I need so more you movement. You're to be upside down. You're gonna be <laughs> in a pool. Like what is? I usually just kind of uh, stand. I'm on sweat. when I'm in bed. I'm in going to sleep. I will kind of uh, move. move, and <laughs> because of that, I have. I mean, it's a weird thing, but I have very dexterous hips now. So if you oh. do see me on the dance floor, that's okay. why the hips are so flexible. Suavemente. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, but it is weird because we're taught, men are taught to use our hands for, for that act right. and, uh, it just never worked for me. Um, so you don't use your hands? I don't use my hands. And I, for a long time I was like, is that a symptom of autism? I have no idea. Um, but it wasn't. I'm so scared to ask you what you use. <laughs> mattress. Just a mattress. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Anders got it. <laughs> Frank, you can turn off the radio now. The <laughs> girls don't need to hear this <laughs> story, but continue. Oh yeah. Should have. <laughs> Gabby and the you girls. The, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's how you do it. That's how I do it, and uh, not a, that big of an issue. Um, not something I should probably share with people publicly, well, but here we radio. are. We're all but here um, we are. Tall Tales of the Big City. Yeah. Talking about that mattress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was, see, it wasn't much of an issue until a few months ago when I applied um, to be a sperm donor. Because I was running low on funds, needed some extra cash. How much money do you th- men typically get for? You, get, you can get up to $1,000 a month. A month? But how yeah. many times are you visiting in a month? Uh, well, I think you visit every couple of months, and then they use the sample for like a six-month period. Oh, so in six months, you can make $6,000. Yeah. That's a it's big a, it's good side hustle. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like for women, like if you're going to like donate your eggs, you can get like $20,000. Yeah. But you, they like pump you full of hormones. It, it changes your life. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. $6,000. $6,000. That's what I'm, yeah. So I go to the place and uh, they give you a test run um, just to check it out and everything. And just to check the, the specimen. The substance, the yes. Substance. The specimen. Okay, sure. Um, and I go to the place. Where is the place? Like, do you Google how to get to this place or you just know what you it came up on. It came up on a Facebook ad. It was like, are you looking to, you know, be a father f- with no responsibility and, <laughs> and you're like that's money. right up my alley yeah <laughs> and i get paid for it right <laughs> donor you got to call yourself a donor it's like you an altruistic sounding thing but you also make a lot of cash from it so are you so i'm assuming that means that you don't have a problem with ever potentially bumping into one of your kids on the street uh, well, I think, well, I wouldn't know, you know, if they were, I don't, well, I think, think somebody they, with the same face as you walked by you, you wouldn't be like, is that maybe? I, I think the con that conversation would be a difficult one with a stranger, you know, to like ask, Hey, are you adopted? Uh, but yeah. I, you know, I'm open. I would, 
I would kind of want to know them, you know, I, eventually when they're 18. <laughs> I would do the kids are all right thing and let them get in touch with old Anders. Okay, with old Anders. Yeah. Okay, so you go in, they give you a test run. Yeah, and I assume they're going to give me a take-home kit uh, oh. because I have my special technique. And they <laughs> yes. don't give you a take-home kit. They just... They, you have to do it right there. You have to do it right there. in a You got your own room. And no mattress. Though. No mattress in the room. So What's that's in the room. A chair. A some chair. And a there's there are some magazines. There's walls, and I tried using the walls. That did not <laughs> work out so well. Okay. Uh, and I don't I don't um, look at pornography. So that that wasn't really doing it for me. Right. You know, which also might be a spectrum thing. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's for everybody. Yeah, it's not part of my world. It seems, you know, and it, not to judge people who do the, you know, if it's like you can have good stuff out there that's not demeaning. Uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> tasteful porn. Tasteful porn. It exists. <laughs> so I hear. Actually, the only porn I've watched was like watched, sat down by myself was like kind of an instructional thing. It was very tasteful. Okay, um, it was well done. It was well done. Yeah, it showed you how to. Do certain things. And um, you were like, wow, I should jot this down. Yeah. I took notes and everything. Old Anders, notebook. <laughs> uh, so you're in this place trying to do your test run. And yep. You can't I can't do it. Get it to function. And so I try to relax and think back to the first time I ever did, did such a thing. And it was would have been around the time uh, of the blackout, twenty oh three. And I uh um I don't know if it's a bridge too far to say who it, the person was who I thought about, but it was... No, no, no. You can say it. Okay. She's probably... Or they're not listening. All right. The You ever watch that 70s show? Yeah. Sure. The mom from that 70s show was... The mom? The mom. From that... <laughs> Wait, in 2003? That's what you thought uh-huh. about? Yeah. There was a scene in which she had like an exposed clavicle. Okay, bone so and I found that very stimulating at the time. Whatever works. Okay, I yeah. mean clavicles are very attractive. Whatever works. They yeah, and hers was uh, very dynamic looking. Wow, I'm gonna uh, Google. <laughs> Gabby's covering her clavicles. <laughs> very polite. I, <laughs> Mind you, I'm like I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> As I could use my hair to cover. That's anyway. see, that's the thing about. Young men is we don't know. Like I remember not even knowing what I'm supposed to sexualize. Like I didn't know legs were attractive until like a year ago. Uh, I mean, not everybody's into legs, but some people are really into legs. Some people are really into butt. Some people are really into boobs. Some people adore a a, a delicately crafted clavicle. Yes, but that doesn't, of course, does not mean you ogle people. And I, you know, I mean, no, but you but you see a clavicle from across the room and you're like, damn, that's a clavicle. Yeah, or you see one on TV. So you thought back to that 70s show, Mom, uh-huh. while you're in this room. Yes. And did it work? It did. Mm. I did it for the first time <laughs> I in my life. I was able to do it that way. And wow. it was pretty, like, I was pretty proud of myself yeah. for such a feat. Mm-hmm. And, and now uh, you have 75 babies. Uh, you would think. <laughs> you would think. So, it, so what happens after you give them your little sample? I give them the sample and they say, um, so we're looking over your charts here and says something about a developmental disability that you have and so i had to explain like i when i was a little kid i was diagnosed with autism but it was like the 90s you know they're giving that away like they're just giving away they're giving it away yeah Yeah. um but she was very polite she smiled and uh they did not get back to me so 
So they didn't take care right. because you were diagnosed with autism when you were four, five. Yeah, yeah. It's the closest I've came to feeling like real discrimination, I guess. I mean, but. you also you you came from such a moment of being so proud of yourself, yeah. Right. <laughs> to then just being like, Ugh. they they had your paperwork before you went into the room. Mm-hmm. They couldn't check the form before you struggled. For how long were you in that room for? It was a while. I mean, it always it probably seemed longer in my head, but I'd estimate a good twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, you struggled for thirty minutes, <laughs> and she had the form the whole time. Yeah. Wow. So what are you going to do for money now? Uh, well, I am finding a way to sort of uh, gratify other people in my job as a food service Oh, I was going to say, are yeah. you a... <laughs> <laughs> what, you're a pretty woman? Like, what, are you, what are you doing in these streets? Anders! <laughs> so now you work in food service. Yes. Which is hard. It's tough, yeah. But it's, you know, pays the... Pays the bills. It's letting me go to Edinburgh. So, nice. so um, talk to us a little bit about this. We have a couple minutes. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about how Edinburgh works. So you have to submit an idea for a show, uh-huh. which your show is about uh, kind of what we were just talking about yep. now. Uh, how long is your show going to be? It's an hour. About it's an hour. An hour. Yeah. And you talk about like the ins and outs of dealing with ha- being on the spectrum. Yeah, or I talk not feeling like you're on a spectrum. Right, I kind of I talk about my own experience, a lot of funny stories from stand up and then I also go into the history of uh autism and um Asperger's, which is actually a very fascinating uh story that there was a doctor in uh and he had to serve under the Nazis mm-hmm. and he, a lot of his patients got executed um for just being weird people. Um so yeah, it's kind of a, a critical look at what we mean by autism. Oh wow! Okay, and what are the dates for the show? It's going to be in um, Edinburgh from August fourth to the twenty fifth. So you're going to uh, do the show twenty nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have Wednesdays that? off. No Wednesday shows, but other than that, I'm doing it every day. Um, that's exciting. It's yeah. kind of scary. You're going to do the show that many times? Yeah. I mean, I did it last year, and it was just kind of, and this is before I was, like, comfortable talking about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just doing stand-up, and it was kind of like a themeless thing, and I realized, like, I need some kind of hook. I need to know Structure. who I am. Yeah. So what did you do a month of shows last year? Yeah. Month of stand-up? Mm-hmm. And so we're... Are there a lot of people at the shows? Is it every night it kind of fluctuates? Because I know you have to promote all that yourself. Yeah, it depends. I mean, some people are able to get a good uh, a good turnout. I had a not a great slot. It was kind of at an out of the way venue, and it mm-hmm. began as the bar opened. Uh, so naturally, my shows were not all that well attended. Mm-hmm. So it was a very stressful month last year. But without that, then I don't think I would be doing it again. Okay, so you got a good slot this time? You got a good venue this time? Yes, it's at Bourbon Bar, and it's going to be at 1,300 hours. Uh, It's on on the Royal Mile. Um, I'm also going to be doing a couple preview shows at the end of this month in Philadelphia, June 22nd, 23rd, and then in London on July 13th at Draper Hall. Mm, Sounds like you didn't really need to sell those kids. It sounds like you're making pretty good money traveling the world, Anders. Uh... I'm going to be losing a lot of money as well. But, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. But yeah. you'll, you'll make it back. I have, I have faith Knock in you. Knock on wood. Uh, Gabby, one more time. Where can people listening catch you? 
Catch me at Thursday's blog, T-H-E-R-S-D-A-Y-S. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, sometimes Twitter, um, but you can check out the blog at Thursdays.com. Thursdays.com. As always, you can catch me here on Thursdays when I show up on time uh, at 99.5 WBAI Tall Tales in the Big City. Or you can catch me on my podcast, The Unofficial Expert, on iTunes and SoundCloud every week. Um, Did we learn anything today? Guys, we learned from Gabby we should always take the emergency backpack. Mm -hmm. And we learned from Anders... That your clavicle might be sexy. Yes, we yeah. did that. Th- I mean, it's I okay to be knew. weird. I, it is okay to be weird. I mean, this is New York. I feel like this is the land of the weird. Uh-huh. If you're normal, that's weird. <laughs> 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 Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back next week with more Tall Tales in the Big City.